0: classroom is just amazing the students want to be here and they want to learn and they want to learn from somebody that has passion for what they do that has experience and it just it's just amazing
1: so today we're going to do something a little different rather than have somebody here in the studio we're going to go out on campus and talk to chef Laura Trigo who is the director of our culinary arts program All right. Well, here I am in the Culinary Arts Department, the newly renovated Culinary Arts Department over here at the Nolan Ryan Center. Welcome, Laura.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So what are you going to make for us today? Today, we're going to go to Louisiana and we're going to do a little Cajun food. Love Cajun food. So, yes, yes. Very, very good flavors there. So the students are right now in American cuisine and Cajun was one they just did. So I said, why not do a crawfish etouffee? We're in crawfish season. And why not? So we're gonna do a crawfish etouffee. This is Cajun, not Creole. So the difference there that I've noticed, one of the biggest differences is tomato aspect. Cajun doesn't have it, Creole does. So we are not doing the Creole version, we're doing the Cajun version.
1: I use Creole and Cajun interchangeably, so now I know better.
0: (laughs) Yes, I think one can offend the other. I'm not that in depth in it, but I do know some differences. So this crawfish etouffee, this is a pretty simple, basic recipe anybody can make you make it at home with the right ingredients i'll go through the ingredients for us and tell you i do have some stuff prepared ahead of time just to cut on time so you're going to need equal parts you're making a roux to start with equal parts butter and flour or fat and flour so i put that on on the stovetop here and we're going to get that to a peanut butter color caramel color so there's different colors to a roux there's different stages to a roux there's a blonde roux a peanut butter caramel roux, dark roux, chocolate roux. Okay,
1: so I thought roux was like a tomato-based
0: Absolutely sauce. not. No. Roux is a My thickening. ignorance is really
1: showing here. <laughs> like, I'm not even two minutes into this show.
0: That's all right. That's all right. That's why you called the professionals, right? Exactly. So um, your roux is your thickening agent, right? So we use it in a lot of southern cooking as well with our gravies, right? Cream gravy, brown gravy. So it starts with a roux. We just don't always call it a roux. That's a Cajun terminology. So we're going for a peanut butter or caramel type color roux, not a blonde. So a blonde's at about five to 10 minutes. This is about 15 minutes. So I did start this process and we're almost there. So I'm going to let it heat up and it's going to get to this beautiful peanut butter looking color. And then we're going to add some of our next ingredients. So our next ingredients are Trinity and the Trinity is kind of a, I learned it as a holy Trinity when I was in culinary school, there's three parts to a Trinity, right? So the three parts to the Trinity for Cajun cuisine is green bell pepper, celery, and onion. Typically a yellow or white onion. Always a green bell pepper because the bell peppers have different flavors. So it's... I was going so, say the
1: yellow, they have like a sweeter right, flavor than the, right. the bell pepper. Red I is always love bell pepper in cooking because I just love the flavor that it gives the food. Oh, great so.
0: flavors. Red bell pepper is one of the best flavors. But in Cajun cuisine, they typically go for this green. That's that's the flavor that's made this Trinity. You're also going to have some chopped garlic. I've also chopped these ingredients. So you have a small to medium dice, and you want that so that every spoonful, you have a little bit of every ingredient on a spoonful. So if you're getting a large dice or a julienne, you're not going to get everything on your spoon, right? So this is, you want to taste everything when you're taking a bite. So I've diced up my Trinity. I've chopped up or diced up my garlic, fresh garlic. I've got a blackened seasoning that we made here in class, or a Cajun seasoning, or even a Creole seasoning. And it's a blend of paprikas and herbs and thymes and salt and pepper and a little bit of chili pepper. There's all sorts of ingredients in this blackened seasoning. Cayenne pepper, just great stuff. It's got a little kick to it, but we'll add a little bit more just special for you today. You have some (laughs) salt and pepper over here, some chopped up parsley, and that's going to garnish right at the end. And we have our cooked crawfish tails already. So this is just going to save a little bit of time. So you can use fresh crawfish tails, but you're still going to have to boil them, cook them, and pick that tail out. So we've already done that to eliminate that that's, a,
1: that's a skill in and of itself like yes, it eating is. crawfish and it took me a long time to learn how to do it right because i just i don't know the first time you get a tackle whether you think like you eat the claws too like you would right. a crab and you realize like that's just not worth the effort
0: that's a lot of work for a little bit of meat absolutely <laughs> okay, so sorry. so we took out that and we did it ourselves so we okay. just have some crawfish tails and they're actually already cooked here uh, but they're not hot and they are seasoned a little bit so when you boil crawfish obviously Uh, You've got lemon in it and garlic in it and butter and the Cajun seasoning in it. So these crawfish tails are gonna have some of that flavor already. So I've got my roux just about to the color I want. So a peanut butter color roux. That was your equal parts flour and fat. I used butter because it's butter, why not? That is my go-to. Not necessarily healthy, but definitely yummy. So I'm gonna add in uh, my Trinity. So I kicked up the heat a bit because now we're going to saute this Trinity into this roux and that sounds a little weird but that's what we're going to do if you can't hopefully you can hear that season that sizzling
1: it sure smells good that's for sure
0: uh, this one thing about cajun food or or you know louisiana cuisine it just great flavors great uh sensory with smells you can just smell that coming off right yeah, that's just totally. amazing so i'm going to saute this up it's going to look a little odd because your roux is not a liquid and it's not a solid per se. So it's just gonna kind of coat these vegetables. Again, that roux is the thickening agent. So as these saute up for a few minutes, turn it down just a little bit and they're gonna start to get translucent or caramelize. There we go, turning it down just a bit. And we're gonna have those, those cooking. We have our garlic that'll go in next, but right now we're going to let this cook. But some of the other ingredients I had prepared for this was my rice. So instead of wasting a lot of time right here cooking rice, because most of us know how to cook rice, <laughs> or we can even get Most of
1: us, believe me, I don't I don't know how to do rice. I've, I've tried hard, but
0: I just can Even the boil in a bag. Figure it, it out. <laughs> so I have that prepared and ready and warm. It's going to stay warm, right? That's going to be what we're going to put our etouffee, our crawfish etouffee on top of. I also have my chicken stock prepared already because again chicken stock takes takes a long time to um, the process so several hours to even overnight if you're going to make a great chicken stock so i used some that we had already made in class and that's over here off to the side warm as well again your seasonings everything is prepared here you've got about a teaspoon teaspoon of your cajun seasoning salt and pepper and about a teaspoon or two to go on top with the chopped parsley so your bell peppers your onions And your celery do not need to be equal parts. The majority of it's going to be um, a cup of onion, a half a cup of celery, half a cup of bell pepper in here. Okay, so your main flavor is going to be your onion because it's not as strong as some of the others. And celery has a unique, distinct flavor. So that one, you don't want equal parts of that as well. Mm -hmm. So like I said, that's going to cook for several minutes here.
1: How long have um, have you been the chef here?
0: So... For here, I just started in August of last year, 21, so I haven't even completed my first year, <laughs> and I could not be more excited to be on this campus. This kitchen is just amazing.
1: What do you enjoy about it? Like, I mean, have you, have you, did you teach before, or have you gone from working so in restaurants and now you're teaching, or what?
0: Correct, no, I have never taught before other than in the industry, <laughs> so I am a brand new instructor teacher. Okay. Um, so, this is this is all new to me and not new to me in the same sense. So, I've been cooking.
1: Cooking for parts 25 not years, yeah.
0: <laughs> I went to culinary school and then I, you know, got into the hotels and the restaurants in the hotels. And that's pretty much where I stayed. I did a little dabbling in personal chef. Uh, but I didn't want to spend all my time in a restaurant every single night. So I went to the <laughs> hotels, which is a little bit more balanced, but still very unbalanced um, in general. A chefs. So how, do you, how do you are,
1: find the classroom?
0: The classroom is just amazing. The students uh, want to be here and they want to learn. And they want to learn from somebody that has passion for what they do, that has experience, and it just—it's just amazing. The classroom is structured here that you're getting about 20 people, 20 students at capacity of all ages and demographics, and you you just name it—different skill levels—and it's just amazing to teach in this kind of atmosphere.
1: Okay. So, what do you think? You know, culinary has exploded in popularity in the last—I mean, several years. Right. What do you think about that? Because I remember when I went to the Discovery Day, I mean, you, you look like a celebrity. All these students <laughs> piled around your table, like, wanting to talk to you about your program. And how do you, how do you kind of feel about that? Because, like, you know, you kind of started before that happened. Yes, I did. So you've kind of seen that transition from cooking was this little boring right. segment you saw on Good Morning America. And That's now all right. of a sudden you've got entire channels and media empires built around it. it what it's... do you think about that?
0: I think it's a wonderful thing for our career because, for one, a lot of people can see what we do. You're not going to get all of the background of what we do and what goes into it. You are going to see uh, what it takes to be a chef, kind of the different chefs. I, I think it's amazing to get the knowledge out there about what we do, about my craft, because I am so passionate about what I do. So I did it for 25 years and still going strong. I think it's done wonderful things for the industry. It is, it's, it's been hidden away. Even here in this location, I am t- I am on campus but off campus at the same time. So I'm kind of secluded, but that's how it is in the industry as well. And so not a lot of people are privy to what goes on in a kitchen. And mm. so with Chopped and all these different, Emeril Lagasse was big when when being a chef first started in the media world. Yeah. So it, it just did great things, I think, for the industry, great things for chefs and upcoming chefs. And it pushed education, I think, at, with it as well. Totally. because. People in the home. Well, because
1: people, I mean, you have kids coming out of school thinking, man, how do I do that? And that's right. You know, in the past, it was you get a job starting as a dishwasher and you work your way up. But now it's like a profession where you go in, you.
0: It's 100% a profession. I made a profession out of it, Um, I made a career out of it. And now here I'm teaching other students to do exactly what I did out there, hopefully better than what I did, right? Because now there's so many more tools and technology at their fingertips. That they can learn in so many different aspects where like you said before i didn't i didn't get that trend i wasn't i didn't go to school during that trend when it was popular i remember my parents having doubts about that i could make it a career because it wasn't oh no you
1: told you told them i mean 25 years ago if you said oh i'm gonna be a chef they immediately thought oh you mean a short order cook
0: absolutely and so it has grown and i think it's done wonderful things um that discovery day was just amazing upwards of four or 500 students came through here and I was just enveloped in students for just an hour nonstop. And that is just awesome. Some of them were there just out of curiosity, but I've got signatures and emails from students that are just, they have an interest or they think they have an interest. And that's just amazing. That just means this program's going to just grow right. and grow and grow. And, and for me, that's wonderful because I can see my career moving on with other generations. And I think that's a great thing.
1: Well, speaking of popularity, were you ever on any of these shows, or have you been featured on any television shows or anything like that? So,
0: yes. um, As late, uh, Hotel Icon was the last place I was on, and I was on, uh, I think it's Good Day, Great Day, Houston, or whatever that is, several times. Um, You could probably still track down those interviews, even. Chef Laura Trigo on Great Day, Houston. Houston Press, I did several spots on Houston Press when we did events, so Menu of Menus is something they did they did a, a brunch event, they did a Taco Landia. all these different events, and sometimes they would spotlight chefs. And for menu of menus, this was probably upwards of three to four years ago, probably closer to four years ago. They did a spotlight on me at the Hotel Icon, and I did a bit. They did a whole video, and it was uh, all over the media. You could probably still find it too, although I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't tracked that one as of lately. <laughs> so I have been um, years and years and years ago, probably upwards of 18 years ago, I was on a couple of news spots. I did some cooking demos. I don't know that I could even track those down. I don't know where they, but I have been on a lot. Um, People want to see, right? And people want to see what's local. And I was, you know, a local chef um, within a lot of big hotels. And they were curious. So, yeah, they put me on a lot of those spotlights.
1: So, what do you feel like any of this popularity has changed how things are done in the kitchen? Like, do you feel like there's a sort of...
0: So a celebrity
1: element that has kind of worked its way into the culture now where students come in thinking they're going to be these little media stars, or do you really think there's just more passionate about craft? I
0: think it's just more the passion. Craft? So if you get into the industry, even myself, when I started out right out of culinary school, the ladies and gentlemen who were already working there who didn't have the background schooling that I had kind of treated me as the outsider, hmm. even though I had the education. They didn't give me the time. They didn't learn no. my name. They didn't speak the language that whatever it was to kind of separate me from them because they didn't think I'd make it. I was just a culinary student. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't know my passion. I had no experience. All of these things. So. Culinary school isn't what's going to do that for you. Right. You got to get out into that industry. So I don't know. It's just about this popularity. It's not necessarily about that. You're still going to have to get in there and push through and work hard to prove yourself to get to some sort of celebrity spot, if that's where you want. Um, But to get a title, to get a rank, all of those things, you're still gonna have to push right through it with or without the popularity right now.
1: Do you have a hard time backing up Bartosz?
0: Bartosh was amazing. He's been my mentor for over 20 years. And we're speaking
1: of Leslie Bartosh, who was a chef here for many years yes. well, for the audience. He retired here not too long ago. So you, you kind of came in with a very tall order to fill. So
0: I did. So Chef Leslie Bartosh, a little background. I've known him. He taught me 25 years ago at a different college and culinary school. He has been a mentor ever since then in different... I'm just stirring up this uh, trinity over here as it's cooking while we're talking. So he's been a mentor for over 20 years. I can show you emails that go back from right out of school up until when he retired. Mm -hmm. I've asked him um, recipes. I've asked him job placement. I've asked him his opinions. What should I do? How could I get into teaching? He has mentored me for many, many, many years. So... When Chef Bartosh told me that he was thinking about retiring, um, I think that was a wink-wink, chef, because he knew I wanted to get into this. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, thank you so much for letting me know. And, of course, when I saw that position open right up, I applied. And I immediately, you know, emailed or talked to Chef Leslie Bartosz. What do I need to do? What is this? You know, he couldn't tell me a whole lot, obviously, but he just he did what a mentor does. You got this. You have the education. You have the background. You have the experience. You have the knowledge. You come in here now and, and you kill it.
1: So has it been an adjustment for you walking out of the kitchen and into a lab kind of?
0: You know, unfortunately, COVID did that for me. <laughs> COVID did that transition for me. So because the industry, my industry, the culinary industry was hit so hard, as we all know, many industries were, but I'm specifically talking about culinary. It was hit so hard. That was hard, your experience. I got furloughed, um, and so immediately I went back to college. I went back to college, and I said, "I've got—I can't wait for somebody else to give me back my career. So sure. I need to find my own path." So I went back to college to get my teaching certificate. I thought, if nothing else, this was before I knew Chef Leslie was um, was retiring. I said, if nothing else, I can get maybe to a high school, junior high, and teach some of these upcoming yeah, students. Yeah, and
1: there's, and there's a lot of high school programs. Right, um, right, and that's necessary. what I was looking
0: at until this kind of dropped into my lap and thank the Lord it did. Um, But so that transition has been easier than it might've been straight from industry to here. I had a little cushion because COVID took that away from me for about a year, right? And so I kind of got back into college and so it transitioned nicely for me because I used that time to, I guess, prosper, to benefit from COVID, not just kind of wait for something to happen. I made something happen. So it was a little bit easier of a transition. The big difference is the amount of hours where you put in, you know, 80 hours in two days. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not expected to do that here. <laughs> Although sometimes you still do. I mean, just depending, building curriculum and all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, it takes a lot of time, especially for somebody There's some like outside me. the classroom
1: stuff you got to take care of.
0: That's right. So I'm going to stop us right just for a minute. I'm going to add garlic to this. Saute that up for a few seconds. And then we're going to go with our stock and our seasonings just so we don't... We don't burn any ingredients over here. So, I'm adding my garlic to this, gonna saute it up a little bit, turn up the heat just a bit. And so, once we add this stock, what it's gonna do is it's gonna start thickening immediately because that's what uh, the roux and the stock are supposed to do together. So, now if you're still smelling that now, you can smell a big whiff of garlic coming oh, through. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I love garlic. You know, so the strangest thing about me, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier. Yeah, spice. I don't eat Tell food. me about these spice, yeah. Well, no, and I don't eat seafood either. So many people have asked me during my career, including my family, especially my husband. Well, you don't even eat it. How do you know it tastes good? Well, let me tell you a couple of ways. Look at my husband. He is not lacking for a meal, nor am I. But then also, I've been a chef for 25 years. So, right? So I've got something. Well, somebody would
1: tell you if you were
0: off, right? right? I mean, That's right. Plus, I've built a good team around me everywhere I worked. And so they'd be my taste testers. (laughs) Now I have students. So like, can
1: you not eat? Like shellfish or you just really don't like it?
0: I just I think it's a texture thing and most of it my husband says is in my head. He's probably right. My parents I never understood
1: the texture thing either until I don't know, I ate something one day and I was like, Oh, okay, now I get it. Now you get it. Yeah. I think it was boiled okra. I was just kinda like Well
0: there yes, that's a (laughs) text that's definitely a texture thing. All right, so I'm gonna scoot over here just a second, grab my chicken stock and I'm gonna add this in. You're going warm ingredients to hot ingredients, or hot ingredients to hot ingredients. It just helps the cooking process. Always controlling your heat. You don't want to burn anything. That's an amazing sound. That means you're doing something right. (laughs) So this is gonna cook up. It's gonna soften up your vegetables a little bit more. And it's going to start to get thick. As this happens, I'm going to start adding in some of my seasoning.
1: All right, so we had this debate before um, about spice. Right. Okay, so you're you're, you're like the spice-like maven. so you love things. Hot.
0: love that, the better.
1: That, that, Was it Capistan level or That's Scoville right. level? Yes. Really high. And I like a little bit, especially with Cajun food, but... Right. Some people just, eh, like, how do you how do you govern that if
0: you don't taste okay, it? Okay, well, I don't cook for me when I typically cook, right? right. I cook for a medium, so okay. to speak. I cook for the masses. So I I don't, I wouldn't be cooking crawfish etouffee to begin with if <laughs> I was cooking for me, right? But if I did eat it, it would be hot, hot, hot. <laughs> so I'm not cooking it for me. I'm cooking it for you and or somebody else. Wait,
1: well, okay, wait, why spice though? Why, why do you need something that hot?
0: I, I just enjoy it. I like the spice. My husband thinks I'm absolutely nuts.
1: I do, too. Sorry. <laughs> I can't but believe that, I that you work with students.
0: <laughs> well, I don't make them taste, but I, I do. I like the heat factor. I don't know why. Maybe it was in my career. Well, some people
1: just do. I mean, I get yeah. that. It's just I don't understand. I get that I don't understand it, but, you know, at the same
0: time. <laughs> yeah, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, it's just punishment. It's just and miserable. And why, right? All right. So this is going to thicken up a little bit. I'm gonna add in my spices to this, and then I'm gonna add in a little extra spices, but not too much for you. And the little little extra I'm putting in is is cay- um, cayenne red pepper.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's not it's not gonna not gonna kill your palate, but it is gonna give some spice. So again, these flavors, this typically you can do this in about an hour. You can do it in 20 minutes. You can do it just depends on how much you have prepped, right? So I have a lot of stuff prepped ahead of time. We're gonna get this up to temperature. Then we'll add some of our salt and pepper or crawfish and all this will come together beautifully. And then what you're going to do is just going to put it over a bed of white rice and then green onion or parsley right on top. So it's a pretty simple dish. Anybody can make it. Um, what it'll do now is it'll reduce a little bit. And then we will get it um, to the consistency we want. It's going to thicken up as it cooks, as it reduces. So it's pretty much on a medium to high heat right now to get that reduction, to get that roux rou- working. It's got to be simmering boil in to get it to the right consistency all right so that's going to cook for just a little bit longer
1: tell me what makes cajun food separate from other types of food i mean i know every type of food has its own characteristics but what sets cajun food apart
0: well cajun food has a huge french influence as well um, as just the Southern influence, right? So we're right on the coast, so is Louisiana. So they're gonna use a lot of seafood in their dishes, right? Then some of the staples. Seafood is a huge staple, just like it is for the Gulf Coast. But the further up Texas you go, it's not necessarily a staple anymore. So it depends on where you're at. So Cajun and Creole have that difference as well. Whereas tomatoes, they probably grew those more, so they add that to their cuisine. Whereas part of the Cajun side, I don't know where that boundary line is versus yes probably somewhere along the (laughs) delta i'm sure
1: or the chapalaya swamp somewhere
0: and and this blend of spices that they came up with this cajun blend this uh very rich food not healthy in any way shape or form could you make it healthy i don't know why but you know is it it's
1: worth dying for right i mean right
0: but it's just a melting pot of flavors that they have you know they utilize Every ingredient they have, they're not wasting. So, um, I was
1: gonna say this: the, this food kind of originated from people who were trying to make do with what they had around them. Right. This was not people exactly. who had a lot of resources trying to that's make right. these dishes.
0: So they went out. They didn't buy this crawfish. They went right. in, had these crawfish dug farms, them and the right, they went out in their backyard and they fished for some of their their fish and and the redfish and the flounder and the snapper and all that kind of stuff. All of that came into their cuisine to make some of these wonderful dishes. If you think of gumbo, chicken and sausage gumbos right. is more of the cheap side of it. Uh, but they made their own sausage, their andouille sausage with all these rich flavors, the paprikas and all these blends of spices that they put into that and made that chicken and, and yeah. sausage dish very, very rich. And then they have the seafood one, and that's more of the higher end, I right. think. Yeah. Even if you go back to when these things were, were made, the higher end. So... They had the ability to get this seafood and put them into this, whereas sometimes maybe you didn't. Maybe you raised your own chickens, right? right? Maybe you made your own sausage, and you didn't have the, the boat to get out there or whatever to get that <laughs> seafood. So there were different kinds of gumbos and different kinds of étouffés and all these different dishes, but so much flavor. Yeah. The roux puts a, serves several purposes. It adds flavor because, obviously, it's the butter but then it's a thickening agent as well. And then it adds color to whatever dish you're having. So I didn't want a dark roux with this because then I'm gonna have a very dark crawfish etouffee and you couldn't see the ingredients. So that's kind of why we went with a caramel or peanut butter. So they have very specific reasons for why they did things, the techniques they used um, in their cuisine that comes up with all these wonderful, flavorful dishes. One of my favorite cuisines is is Cajun food or the food from Louisiana.
1: There's a place in New Orleans called uh, the Gumbo Shop down in the French Quarter, and uh, that is like one of my favorite places to really? eat. Yes, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but no, like, amazing food down there.
0: I'm gonna have to go again since I'm very picky. I do the sausage and sausage and um, chicken gumbo because I'm yeah. not a seafood eater. Oh. Uh <laughs> And I made this pot of gumbo when I was very early on as a chef, and my husband came to an event, and we had lobster bisque, seafood gumbo, and something else maybe a lentil soup or something and so he was like well which ones did you make because I had a chef over me and I said well I made the bisque and I made the gumbo and but I made this batch and so it was like a competition we had different stations and my chef made a different batch and he was like you know yours was better than your chef's right (laughs) and I said I know it was (laughs) but I couldn't tell you why because I didn't taste it but I can smell I think maybe." All I can think is maybe I developed a sense of smell that's maybe heightened. Oh
1: well, that's part of it. um,
0: Because I can tell when when I'm not teaching class and there's a different instructor and the students are cooking, I can tell if something's off. They were doing a touffe, and unless that
1: palate you got to have, I guess uh, so.
0: You know, but I think I just heightened mine. Mine's very dull. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we're at about that consistency. You're at about nappé. I don't know if anybody knows what nappé is, and that's when it just coats the back of your spoon. Okay. It's not clumpy. It's not too thick, it's not too running. I'm gonna turn it down a bit. So at this point, I will taste it because I have some tasting spoons over here, but I will taste it because I haven't added the seafood in yet. Another crazy fact about me is I don't eat peppers. I don't like fresh garlic and I don't eat onions. I'm the weirdest chef ever, but I do taste my product before the seafood's in it mm. because the flavors are fine. It's the crunch, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. So I am gonna add a little bit of salt and pepper to this cause I haven't yet, I just added my Cajun seasoning and this is measured out. This is about a half a teaspoon of pepper, teaspoon of salt. If you don't have enough seasoning, these smells are not gonna come out like they're coming out now, right. but, it's, but it's an amazing smell. Just add that in, incorporate that. And then we're gonna go with our crawfish tails. Basically, at this point, all we're doing is bringing this back up to temperature because these crawfish tails weren't as hot, hot as the etouffee sauce itself. Bring this up to temperature. Make sure our rice is nice and hot. And we're good to plate. So this will take maybe a minute, minute, two minutes to get up to temperature because we're, we're going pretty good here rolling. And we're done. And it's just as simple as that.
1: Well, let's try it out then.
0: You're going to love it. Just bringing it back up to temperature, letting it boil around the edges, get it rolling a little bit, and we're good. Like I said, these crawfish were already cooked. We just need to bring them back up to town.
1: Yeah. Looks really rich, too.
0: It, it should be. It should I'm one of those delicious. people, like,
1: I love, like, food that's, like, like, strong bowl flavors, I guess. I think that's why I kind of like kitchen cooking a little bit.
0: So we were in so. um, international cuisine, and we did uh, New England cuisine. And at first, the students were like, oh, this is going to be awful, right? I don't know why they just had that in their mind with New England cuisine, going through the reading, going through um, maybe the recipes before class. And they were like, wow, this isn't going to be very good. (laughs) Once they started those melting pots, because New England cuisine is a lot like this in some ways. A lot of seafood. Very much. A lot of seafoods. They do things like... Like our crawfish boils, they do a clam bake. It's the same concept, just some different ingredients, some different flavors, different herbs, obviously. And they don't have any spice to theirs. But what the students found out is amazing flavors. If it's done right, it all tastes good. And we are good. We are done here. I'm going to step away, get us a bowl right quick, and plate this up for you to try.
1: That's pretty good. I like that. Love it. That's a shame you won't eat it. That was awesome. Thanks for helping us out today. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. It was fun.
1: Thanks for listening to Alvin Community College Radio. I'm John Tompkins. To read these stories and more, visit alvincollege.edu.